0: Welcome to the DMZ America podcast. It is Thursday, January 18th, 2024. I'm editorial cartoonist Scott Stangis, and I'll be coming to you from the right.
1: And I'm editorial cartoonist Ted Rall, and this one time I'll be coming to you from the left.
0: (laughs) Well, until we start bombing, until, you know, New York starts bombing Alabama, which doesn't seem to be that far-fetched at this stage. You know it's coming
1: the other way. (laughs)
0: It has before. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so funny. There are bumper stickers down here in Alabama where I live that say, you know, (laughs) North one, South zero (laughs) halftime. That's
1: fucking great. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, however, it's like, mm, you know, I don't know. You know, it's funny is if there was a rematch, I'm not sure that the South has really fixed its, uh, primary um you know the reasons that it lost right I mean is is the south the South must be still less industrial than the north oh, no I think we're today more.
0: a lot of the plants came south uh well, we true. have he, we in Alabama the right we have to a Honda plant
1: states. right we have
0: Honda Mercedes Hyundai and Honda plants but you have now.
1: Honda Honda's no I the main one's in Ohio
0: okay but said. we we got one of them too so uh right. okay so that's a push, but
1: yeah, you guys um, have like what? You guys have uh, Nissan, and um, Tennessee no, no, no. Is Nissan, I think.
0: Yeah, Tennessee, but I'm um, just saying Alabama specifically. We have oh. Mercedes, mm-hmm. which is gee, that's- Nazis coming to the South. <laughs> 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 Wonder what the attraction could possibly have been.
1: Yeah, can't imagine.
0: But here's the thing, Ted. Let me put this to you this way. I mean, now versus the 1860s, would anyone give their life to defend Toledo? Truly.
1: As in the Holy Toledo thing? Um, yeah, well,
0: well, just, or were they, or just to defend Dayton?
1: Yeah, I I don't think so. Um, <laughs> it's obviously. like, you can
0: have it. You can have it.
1: It's one of the best reviews I ever read it was in Lonely Planet Guide for, um, uh, God, what was the town that, um, uh, what's her name was from? Uh, Joan of Arc, uh, Orléans. She was from Orléans. And the oh. key, or she was near Orléans. And um, she led a glorious battle uh, that involved a lot of sacrifice to recapture Elia from the British. And anyway, so the the guidebook that introduce, oh, God, introduces yes. Elia says, you know, <laughs> ex- describes that episode, and it says it is doubtful that she would go to that effort today. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, uh, yeah, I've never been. Is it have you ever been there? I have been and and uh I will say that my um my uh my then um ex-wife and I walked in. Uh we had an interracial marriage and uh we walked into a bar and, it, and it, we were immediately felt very much like we had walked into a an Alabama shit kicker bar, like right before the Clavering was meeting, full. Of, it was full of National Front type of Jean Marie oh. types. Um, oh goodness! And it was like, oh. But then I was like, we're New Yorkers. Fuck them. We sat and sat down and had a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so-
0: well, I mean, the world is exploding. I just just before we started recording, I mentioned to Ted that I'd heard just a few hours ago, and I I need Ted to give me some clarification here that Pakistan has dropped some bombs on Iran. Um, the United States, of course, and its allies, Britain, is dropping bombs on Houthis in Yemen. Uh, yeah, uh, you know. Uh, obviously Gaza is still doing what Gaza is doing and so is the West Bank as is the uh, southern border between uh, of Lebanon with Israel um so yeah the whole the whole place is is blowing up man it's blowing up so um you know and of course the United States also got their troops got attacked by uh, friends of Iran and now we're bombing them back and now where's this okay first and foremost let's start with Pakistan. The the freshest bombing. Pakistan bombs Iran. What caused it? And what? I mean, this to, to the American mind who doesn't pay much attention, and I consider myself um, one of them. <laughs> what the fuck, Ted?
1: What's happening? What's uh? Well, so first of all, um, sorry, I'm 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 waiting for a call from my broker. I'm moving all my stock over to defense contracting. Smart, Boeing, Northrop Grumman.
0: (laughs) Yeah, who's making who's making the drones? Because that's um...
1: oh, everyone makes drones now. Yeah, Boeing, uh, everybody. As long as they as long as the door doesn't blow out, it's all good fun. Um, So, yeah. um, So, so, yeah. So let me explain. So this is a good analogy, I think. So some Americans, at least people who are sophisticated enough to listen to the DMZ America podcast, may be familiar with the situation in Kurdistan. Right. So Kurdistan, the Kurds were fucked over at the end of World War One. They were promised their own country. um, And that would have basically taken a bit of what is today Iraq and a bit of what is today um, Turkey, and so uh, what happened is during the during the sort of uh, after the post-U.S. Uh, invasion of uh, Iraq, the Kurds revolted, and they carved away their own sort of like de facto little heartland in northern Iraq, which is now basically Kurdistan. Um, they ha- There are also their their countrymen, their fellow tribesmen, the Kurds are also across the border in Turkey. In Turkey, however, they're just like random people. They don't have like any territory that is their own. They don't have any autonomy. And in fact, they're cracked down upon and and, uh, their party is considered a a terrorist organization by the Turkish government. So they're kind of an oppressed minority. In Iraq, they were an uh, uh, oppressed minority under Saddam. Uh, Once Saddam was toppled under the US, they were able to take advantage of the chaos in the civil war in, in Iraq to basically carve out their little homeland and now Kurdistan is sort of de facto an autonomous zone. It's a de facto a country. It has its own currency, government, stamps, the whole nine yards. Um, and um, so, so basically, but still, the settled status of the Kurds is that they are a people who is, are effectively stateless, that, who spread over a border. Similar situation in Afghanistan. The Pashtun people um, are divided by something called the Durand line and half of them are roughly are on the afghan side the other half are on the pakistani side um, there's a dreams of creating a greater Pashtunistan. And that's kind of like been part of the reason that you know you hear about the Afghan Taliban and the Pakistani Taliban. That's basically Pashtun people on both sides mm. of the border. That's why they call it State Department people, old hands call it AFPAC because Afghanistan and Pakistan are kind of so similar and their politics are so intertwined. That divide, that border is artificial. The Durand line that was drawn by a British cartographer. Now let's move to Balochistan. Baluch- Baluchistan is. Oh, the, now you're just making words up. <laughs> so the Baluchis, B-A-L-U-A-C-H-I. These are. You're not people. kidding. No, not at all. All right. The Baluch. This this whole thing that I like I John I'm getting to the point here. The Baluchis are uh, not to be confused with with John Belushi and uh, you know Samurai Delicatessen. That was different. This is um, the the Baluchis live in. Uh, they are a. They do not have a homeland. But they aspire to have their own country, uh, and they live across the border. They ha- part of them live in Pakistan, and part of them live on the other side of the border uh, in Iran. So basically, there's ethnic enclaves. Unlike the Kurds, there's no autonomy whatsoever. Now, the Baluchis are a martial people. They they definitely. Are you know they're aggressive. They have national pride. They want their own country, and and there is an independence movement on both sides of the border where they're agitating for independence both from Iran and from Pakistan, together and separately. That that's kind of where this all starts. So this this latest episode began about forty eight hours ago when the Iranians uh, launched a uh, they, they launched a missile attack. Um, against what they said was a terrorist group. In other words, a radical group within, uh, within within the Baluchi section of Pakistan. The Pakistanis decided to retaliate, but they didn't retaliate against what I would call, well, they ret- it's Iran proper, of course, but they, uh, they retaliated against the Baluchi section of Iran. I mean, the, a cynic might look at this and say, well, kind of like maybe you guys are just working on this mopping up operation together. It's like a crisscross situation, like throw mama from the train, you know, like I kill someone you want me to kill, you kill someone I want you to kill. Mm. And and so it's a little bit like that, um, but I don't think it worked. I don't think that's really what happened. I really think this is it's the, what really the dynamic here is Iran right now is a big swinging dick in the Middle East. Um, U.S. foreign policy, as usual. Has had the exact opposite 180 degree effect of its intent. Um, The intent of U.S. policy since the revolution has been to isolate Iran, uh, keep it completely economically wounded, militarily gelded. Impossible. Even though it's the natural, cultural, and military leader, economic powerhouse of the Middle East, it's the biggest country. Um, It has thousands of years of civilization. Uh, But the point is that what has happened here is that uh, the Israeli attack on on Gaza has greatly emboldened and increased the prestige of the Iranians. The Iranians' biggest problem was never the US. The Iranians' biggest problem was that they were Shia and in a world that is full of Sunni countries. They're the only Shia majority country in the the world. Um, There's tons of Sunni majority countries there's not only one Shia one. And so it was always hard for the Iranians to get any any other uh, Muslim countries to join them in any kind of endeavor because they were Shia. The Sunni-Shia divide goes back 1300 years. But this time, the, the, the Iranians have been carefully over the decades cultivating their proxies throughout the Middle East, Hamas being one of them. And so Uh, there's a, when Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th, a lot of Muslims and not just Palestinians looked at that and said, look at that, man, they fucking, they got one on the scoreboard for once. It's not us getting our asses kicked for once. It's the Israelis getting their asses kicked that never happens. And so they're like, and the, and the, look at the Iranians, man, they're boss. They, they were funding and arming them. And then as if that wasn't good enough for the Iranians, it's like next to the plate, Hezbollah in Lebanon. It's like, oh, who's supporting them? The Iranians are like, oh, yeah, that's us. That's right. We, we bad. And then it's like they're and so they're like they've got proxies all over the place. They have the Badr organization in Iraq. They've got uh, all sorts of the Iranians are uh, they have all these organizations, both Sunni and Shia who work with them, not for them, but with them and and that they help support. So that's made them very powerful. And now they kind of feel like Israel is a little bit, Israel is really, uh, their calculus is that Israel has fucked up. They've bitten off more than they can chew. They're probably on the way out internationally. Um, The US is, is attached to Israel and the US's role in the Middle East has also been severely compromised because the US looks like shit because of what's going on in Gaza. So Iran's like, We're just going to flex our muscles a little bit here and um, we're going to show that we can't be fucked with. So they had that terrorist bombing at the funeral service for the uh, general who was assassinated by Trump's drone four years ago in Iraq um, and at that ISIS-K claimed responsibility. This is kind of a pretext. ISIS-K is not based among the Baluchis. OK, it's like just it just isn't. And but the Iranians are like, yeah, we're going to break something just to show that we can. I mean, everyone else does. Look at the Houthis. They're they're blowing they're bombing ships in the Red Sea. You know, um, the Americans, the, the Israelis are bombing the Damascus Airport in Syria like every other day. Nothing ever happens to them. The Israelis have flattened Gaza and nothing ever happens to them. And we're going to throw some missiles just to show that we we have a big dick, too so they they launched a couple of missiles into the baluchi area figuring that the pakistanis might not much care because even though it's a violation of their sovereignty it's like these are the people they're killing people that the pakistani government in islamabad doesn't really much care about and the and they were not really wrong but pakistani people on the street have a lot of national pride and they they don't take kindly to any kind of uh, violation of their sovereignty, like the SEAL Team Six raid that killed Bin Laden. So they, um, so they were like, well, we got to do. S-. So the government was like, we got to do something. We got to kill some folks. But hey, we can kill Baluchis. We don't like Baluchis, even if they're on the Iranian side of the border. So they're like Pakistanis, are, and we'll launch back. I, at this point, I don't think this escalates to a full fledged ground war between Iran and Pakistan. At least not yet, and it's it won't if no one does anything stupid, but what we have overall is a very August 1914 situation where we have missiles flying all over the middle East. Um, and all it's going to take is one fucking archduke to take the wrong turn down the street in Sarajevo. And the whole thing is going to blow up.
0: So, okay. from Thank you for that. And, but it still paints Iran as the, you know the 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 pariah in all of this right now. They're the ones wow. who are. Well, you just said they're lobbing missiles here. They're they're lobbing not missiles. The pariah, they're, they're a lot the big
1: swinging dicks. They're no, but, but no, but they're okay. They're the big winners from this whole thing. They're
0: not. How are they winning? I mean, they just, just got bombs.
1: You. I just explained it. They, they, I they, heard it. <laughs> I don't see how that's winning. If you're actually remember, they don't it's care a, what you think or what I think or what Clovis thinks. They care what Muslims and the Arab world think. And that, their status in the Muslim world has, like, skyrocketed since October 7th.
0: I mean, in what way? I mean, and how does that translate into anything? I mean, how, what, how does that translate into any practical purpose?
1: Well, it r- right now, it's about g- gaining the – well, the, in terms of practical purpose, um, at this point, um, you know, Iran now controls proxies throughout the Middle East, so they can exert pressure on the host governments in those places. I mean, look at Lebanon; it's not even a real country. It's a it's a militia that happens to have a, a you know government goes with it. Um, and the cool have, flag. They basically control Lebanon. Um, so Iran own has like rents Lebanon. Um, Iran has like uh, a pretty good influence in um, in in Syria. It has great and it kind of rents Iraq. Um, you know, it's, it's like, basically it's economic and political and military influence. You can see how that's useful. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, but
0: in, real, in practical terms, I don't see how it's useful. I can
1: think of lots of, pra- I can think of one big practical term. Okay. Give it to me. You want to bring this in for a soft landing? There's only one fucking way. Biden or someone more likely who can speak English calls up the Ayatollahs and says, you know, we're really sorry about this whole, like, these sanctions that we have against you, you know, could you like call off your dogs? Because if you could, we might be able to, re, you know, move toward normalization and, and reintegrate you into the global economy. That's an example. I mean, right, they're, but that they're, getting, they're well, getting leverage from this.
0: Well, they thought they did, but the Obama administration tried that with the big pallet owe money. And they said, okay, great. We're gonna give these to people who are blown up American soldiers. Thank you so much. Um, they missed an opportunity there. They seemed very Palestinian-esque in that they had an opportunity to do what you just suggested, or at least start
1: on that. But tab. remember, we're not they don't care about our what we think. They care about what Muslims think. They care what we think secondarily, but that's we're not the priority here. I mean, I think that like you're, you're looking you at said, it from an, Ameri- an American centric point of view here. You have to look at it from an Iran centric point of view. You have to look at it from their point of view. Like, where do they live? They live in a neighborhood where they've, they've got Afghanistan on one side. I mean, talk about a rowdy neighbor. You've got <laughs> like, uh, you've got Iraq on another, on the other side, another seriously rowdy neighbor. Okay, nothing much is happening with Turkmenistan like ever. You've got, you know, Yemen isn't far, isn't, isn't far away. They've got to deal with the fucking Saudis who they're in a proxy war uh, in Yemen, uh, you know, involved in. So, I mean, there, I mean, here's the thing. Iran doesn't fight directly, but they, you know, they're, they have a lot of, they have a lot of chips on the, on various uh, squares on the, at the roulette table. And a lot of those, a lot of those chips are winning. So they're like, their numbers are coming up and they're like, we're looking and feeling good. That's what this is about. Okay, but if you're saying that
0: they're looking towards normalization and become re rejoining the world
1: community yeah, um, to make more money.
0: Okay, but they're but by doing what they're doing, that
1: then that's how by, they're gonna get there. How? how? How do you get there if you're if, if nobody likes you? I mean what, Everybody likes them. The right now, the entire Arab street loves them.
0: Okay, but again, well, you talk about them not caring what um what, what America thinks. Uh, the world doesn't care what the Arab street thinks. Well, they do, because the, the literally Arabs Iran straight, can uh,
1: blow up the entire Middle East all by itself. I mean, Iran can start World War III like today. It's like, whereas, so like the Americans, they might tell the Americans, you don't want World War Three? you got to deal with us. You've got to give us what we want. Um, I don't see that as getting
0: you what you want, which is... Um, you know, a prestige. Um, I can't imagine they like the sanctions, although the sanctions haven't killed their economy, but it's hurt it. They have way too much way. oil for that. So, but they'd like to, I think they would like to establish, I think a majority of Iranians would like to rejoin the world community. And I know everyone that of,
1: would, all of them would.
0: Yeah. And so, but this, doesn't allow you to do that this has the contra opposite
1: effect i mean scott look the the iranians tried playing nice for years nothing happened you know one administration after another democrat and republican did not do anything for them did not normalize relations kept them frozen out you know, you know. Once you get American, American sanctions, once they're that you put them on, they're like herpes; they never go away. It's like, um, it's like, it's like. Look, look at the ones we have against Cuba. You know, they, any you day now, say, those are going to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, <laughs> I mean, no, no, you're right. I, yeah, but I think too. Um, but you can't say Iran played nice. I, I mean, they, they did so. I mean, like for example, in 2001, when the United States invaded Afghanistan, don't forget, the United States, the, Iran hated the Taliban hated them they almost went to war with the taliban the taliban slaughtered um mem- they they invaded the iranian consulate in mazar-i-sharif and killed all of their staff so you know they weren't pleased about this um and so they 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 almost went to war against afghanistan and so when the us went to war against the taliban iran was delighted and they sent a me- they sent a message to washington like Anything we can do to help, you just let us know. And they they did all sorts of goodwill stuff. They sent they uh, sent the CIA all of their intel on a, on the Taliban. And when at one point a um, U.S. fighter jet was either I think it, I don't think it was shot down. I think it had mechanical problems and it crash landed in western Afghanistan near the Iranian border. The Iranians swept in with commandos, rescued the the pilot. As well as uh, key, all the key data and recorders and everything, and as a goodwill gesture, promptly returned the pilot and all the stuff that they could have taken from the plane to the United States to say, we, "We we're trying to do you a solid here. We're trying to show you we want to work together." But the Bush administration was like, "Thanks," and didn't do and didn't follow up. So they have done stuff like this. Stuff there have been numerous incidents over the years where the Iranians have tried to make nice with the US. And let's not forget, it was always the US that was wrong in that relationship. I mean, the US sicked Saddam Hussein uh, I- against Iran in the Iran-Iraq war from 1980 to 1986, um, but, and so on. But even so, the Iranians always tried to be nice, and we never, they always had their hand out. Ready to shake hands, make peace. The U.S. was always like, "Fuck off." I,
0: I don't, I don't know how you can come to those conclusions, Ted. When you had annual, I mean, weekly uh, marches in the street uh, and "Death to America"
1: days, and um, So what do you mean? So?
0: I don't what understand. I don't understand so? your
1: point. That's just that's just like okay. I mean, they can no more control that than like you, than like uh, the U.S. could control John McCain saying "Bomb, bomb, bomb Iran." I mean. That's just that's domestic garbage. But the point is, at the highest levels, the Iranian government has always wanted to have normalized relations with the US and the US has has always slapped them in the face.
0: I don't see. I'm, I'm trying to think of what the hell you're talking about. What have when have they stretched out a friendly hand? Now, the, the pilot um,
1: thing. I just okay. mentioned
0: okay, that's one that's goodwill there. And the Obama administration obviously extended a hand and it got they got it it blew back on them in a big bad way. Um I, I don't the, see well
1: I don't see I don't see what the Iranians did wrong there. Look, the, the US is constantly they killed American soldiers.
0: Sold. I would start with that. Killing an American where? in Iraq. There are proxies oh, so in Iraq. They're
1: not supposed to be there.
0: they like a- Ted, it doesn't matter then. You can't say that. Yeah you're not supposed to be there oh, come but that's that, that is ridiculous
1: pro- that's ridiculous it's like okay so Iran has a proxy army they have the they have the and other people in militias in Iraq the US goes over there to invade halfway around the world where they have no business being and so some of their proxies killed some of our proxies so they're I mean, proxies.
0: These are American soldiers. These are who, citizens okay, of the United States
1: illegally invading in a place that they have no business being, and there's no like UN mandate or anything. I, I don't know. It's like that's like that. That is the U.S. going to pick a fight. That's like that is ridiculous. You know what that's analogous to? That's like that is like Iran um, sends troops to Mexico, invades Mexico, and then U.S. backed Mexican militias kill iranian soldiers and the iranians say say, how dare you (laughs) yeah i mean that's but then we're like why are you iranian fucks in mexico right near our border assholes and that's what the iranians are saying why are you right near our border fucks like this is like
0: no i think there's a there's a more malicious and malignant um policy by tehran and by i always mispronounce this guam gum guam chewing gum whatever it's called a <laughs> uh, place where the goom, uh, where the uh, ayatollah lives and these are i mean these were targeting american soldiers to kill americans just to show you know what happens to infidels when they're in the wrong place at the wrong time mm. uh, and we can debate iraq and you and i agree on how stupid the invasion was but by turns no i mean there should be pox romana I mean, I truly believe that you're it's you are an American citizen. You are protected by the might of the America of the United States. And if anyone fucks with you mm. anywhere on the planet, we will come down on you like
1: a hammer. And that's and I well, that's, you can have that attitude, but it's like no one else. But no one else believe. no one else buys in, you know.
0: Well, that's your that's your
1: call. You know, that's
0: up to you Then they get bombed. But now what is Iran? I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, Iran bombing everybody. I just I honestly don't see. And like I said, maybe you're right. Maybe, um, you know, they're look they're not looking to impress the international community. They're looking to impress the Arab street which doesn't get you a hell of a lot most times. I mean, let's face it. I'm I'm thinking of the Arab spring, which, you know, was, you know, started with great optimism and ended pretty much the way most of us thought it would, which is with tanks and troops and, Mm -hmm. and and bullets.
1: So in in no small part, thanks to the Obama administration that backed up, uh, you know, uh, general Al-Sisi's military coup against the uh, up the uprising uh, the the rebellion against uh mubarak right the uh dictator of egypt in tahrir square and all that i mean the the egypt was on its way to possibly having a democracy and obama decided like yeah we're not going to let you do that yeah, you
0: know isn't now what administration backed the coup in in um ukraine
1: uh which one well the 2014, oh the 2014 coup yeah yeah, yeah. that was that was Obama. Obama liked his coups. He also backed the coup against the democratically uh, elected leader of Honduras. And also- um, What could go wrong there? That in, turned
0: out great.
1: In Venezuela. Yeah. No, Honduras is stable, like rock solid these days. Never better.
0: <laughs> it's a, <laughs> As people say, it's a ransom-based economy now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I, you know, I'm, at least it's not biting us in the ass in any way, so it doesn't matter. No blowback yeah,
0: there, none. There's no repercussions. We, I
1: mean, there never what are. could go it's wrong. Great.
0: What could possibly go wrong? Um, so, what happens going forward? I mean, this, is this this exchange now? Pakistan is a nuclear power. Iran is soon to be a nuclear power. Well,
1: Iran could be
0: anytime they want to be. that's nah, still that's not easy. It's not as easy as it used to be. It's not, it's not an easy thing to do. So what um, I'm trying to think what's the law, but let's, let's, let's focus on Pakistan, Iran first, and then go to work down the list. But is this, is this, is everyone happy now? You lob missiles at us. We lob missiles at you. Um, For
1: now, I think for now, I think that will hopefully lie. Look, um, you know, I think cool heads generally prevail in Islamabad and in Tehran, and so uh, there's, you know, they probably will decide to both stand down at this point, but that could change in a second, in a hard there. Let me ask you this. Iran, Iran is, doesn't really have beef with Pakistan. So that's why it's a little you, unusual.
0: I was going to ask you, is there the kind of bad blood that, say, between like Pakistan has with India, for
1: instance? Oh, no, not at all. No, India, uh, no. Pakistan's uh, never gone to war with pack uh with with pa- i mean with india i mean iran's never gone to war with pakistan they have gone to war with india three times four if you count it differently and uh with china over Keshe. Yeah, so i
0: said yeah pakistan has gone to war with china i know that um
1: so there now, isn't really but- they don't really have beef it's been uh generally generically um they don't have they don't have a huge border you know either so you know, most of that border is Afghanistan that on that side. Um, So it's really the Baluchi thing is kind of like this little corner. Um, It's, it's not a, uh, I suspect this will be a tempest in a teapot and we're going to look back and think, eh, no big deal. Now you you, look, Iran is not like really a militarily expansionist country. Historically um, the last time it was, you have to go back to the middle ages um, it's, it's just, you know, they haven't really been, if anything, they've been contracting since the last like 700 years. So, you know, it's, uh, when you look at historical Persia, which extended all the way to out to what is today Tajikistan under the Sogdian empire, um, it's just not, there's no comparison, but I think the Iranians are going to, uh, they're, they're probably going to chill right now. They're trying to figure out ways this, I think what this really was, was a test. It's a probe to see what, if anything, would happen, to see how the US, how the UN and other major powers, the EU, were going to respond. Like, do, are they going to care? Can we get into the occasional? The US is already in the missile strike business. They bomb whoever the fuck they want, whenever the fuck they want, and they get away with it. Can we just start doing that, too? That's, you know, look at the Houthis. The Houthis proved. You can do that. And, you know, the Biden could say, well, we bombed you three times to show you that you can't get away with it. Well, I guess the thing is, you can maybe you can't get away with it in that you will be punished, but the punishment is never going to be big enough to deter you.
0: Yeah, on that, I'm thinking you need to have we need to move the American fleet to and uh, patrol with and guard shipping lanes and probably escort very much like we had escorts in world war two to, and you know, if these guys show up in their little blow up boats, then you, you know,
1: However, most of the attacks are not that are not the pirate attacks with blow up boats. Uh, Most of the attacks are missile and drone attacks. And and, they have boat, and they have boat attack, boat uh, drone attacks too. So what do you mean? They have like under, they have submersible drones that uh, attack these vessels.
0: I'm so glad we spend so much time and energy as a species figuring out new and inventive ways to kill each other.
1: We're we're great. We're the best.
0: Who was I talking to about this the other day? And the Scott Stans theory of humanity, which is whenever we discover a new technology, no matter what it is, we always ask the three basic questions. Can I eat it? Can I fuck it? And can I kill someone with it? it's always the first three questions we always ask when we discover anything new. And so of course, you know, we could, we could be talking to the dolphins. We could be friends with the Orca instead we're like developing underwater drones. Now it can't be now. Okay. Here's the dream of dream folks. And then we'll cut to
1: cut to the break. Underwater flamethrower drone. Ooh, you, you, you know, I didn't, I, 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 that I'm just like, I'd like to be alone now, Scott. Um, <laughs> well, on that note,
0: we are <laughs> cut off this segment. We'll be back and we will be talking about, um, you know, important stuff. Indeed. Stuff that you're thinking Stay about. Stay tuned
1: for important stuff.
0: Stay tuned for important stuff. This is the DMZ America podcast.
1: I'm editorial cartoonist Scott Stanis coming to you from the right. And I'm editorial cartoonist Ted Rall coming to you from the left. And we shall return. Much like my
0: As promised, we are returned to the DMZ America podcast for Thursday, January 18th, 2024. I'm editorial
1: cartoonist Scott Standish. I'll be coming to you from the right. And I'm editorial cartoonist Ted Raleigh. And for now, continue to come to you from the left. Before
0: he gets sent to the camps, which apparently uh, one of the, the leading candidate for one of the parties has said he should, you know, we should be. That's we true. Who, we who oppose him. <laughs> um, of course, we're talking about what happened in the Iowa caucuses. Um, uh, we won't know anything about the Democratic caucuses for two months, which boggles my mind. But there it is, um, and we Wait, have to talk about. Is it. That we have that true?
1: To talk- oh yeah, that's right. Because they're not. Counting yeah, the- it's a
0: mail-in vote, and they I mean, won't count them until March. March, March. Now, 4th, right? you talk about us. Uh, you, how much? This is what. This is political horse trading at the weirdest level and this also makes you think you know what when you hear the bidens emailing each other about the big guy it really starts to come into focus to me because this was clearly biden needed south carolina in 2020 he had to have it uh he lost iowa he lost um new hampshire he had to he had to win he had to have a win and so the south carolina carolina democratic party clearly said OK, boy, here's what we'll do, boy. You uh, you make us the first primary in the country, boy. And, uh, you know, uh, Biden. You, really think along it was,
1: you think it goes back to that time?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that was definitely that, That's this is the payoff. The payoff mm. is and you strip. I mean, we talked about this on your radio show on Sputnik, but I think it's I it still makes me giggle. Help me remember the name of the Minnesota congressman who's on running, running against him.
1: That is, he's the lion of Minnesota, <laughs> Dean Phillips,
0: Dean Phillips, um, Dean Phillips. I'm telling you, he's the only one on the ballot. They're now trying to push a write-in candidacy <laughs> for Joe Biden because all of a sudden the because idiots he took woke up.
1: Off the ballot,
0: he took himself off the ballot to make South Carolina the first. Yep. The first primary in the country. Well, New Oops. Hampshire, there's there's nothing in New Hampshire to be proud of. Like I said, even their little that stone face that was on their man in the mountain. Order. Right. Fell it collapsed. It, it no
1: longer exists. It's a pile of rubble at the bottom of a cliff. It's basically the, an uglier, um, more depressing. Vermont is what it is. <laughs> so it
0: is. so what did they have to cling to every four years? They are become the epicenter the terra firma the you know the terra del fuego of american politics the first primary of the season of the presidential season and they True. and biden and i'm convinced it's back it had to have been a backroom deal said you know what no one fuck them <laughs> cuz let's I'll give it to, I'll give it to you guys yeah you well not to nice. mention
1: i'm sure yeah i'm sure he also didn't wasn't feeling too warm and fuzzy about new hampshire after coming in number 5 out of 5 so,
0: yes, exactly. So, um, so <laughs> Dean Phillips is going to win that. I mean, Cuz here's the thing, Ted, it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, they're pushing Biden as a write-in candidate. And the polls have shown it that he's that he the people they polled said he would win. But you only go out and write write and, and vote write-in candidate for a passionate cause. I mean, uh, Bernie who wasn't right in but he was that kind of caliber uprising. Mm-hmm. This is an uprising. This I mean well, Bernie Sanders
1: what, but he but Bernie was on the ballot. Right, so, no no, but but as I'm much as that, the DNC would have liked that not to have been the case.
0: But do you understand what I'm saying the the passion of a Bernie Sanders of that of that movement. The passion of a movement is what gets people to get out and vote and lets write in candidates win.
1: Well, no, you're you're right, Scott. And and uh, no question. And in addition to that factor is the fact that there's uh, that that New Hampshire is an open primary state, um, which parenthetically, I think, is a stupid fucking idea. I don't know why Democrats should be able to vote in Republican primaries or vice versa. I don't see why they should be allowed to. It seems to violate the whole idea of a party primary but or a primary system or a two party system or whatever uh, I would love for someone to explain to me what the purpose of it is or what the advantages are but anyway the point is New Hampshire is an open primary state and that and so you know if you're a New Hampshire a New Hampshireite a New Hampshire Yeah
0: New Hampshire New, new-, new Hampshire'soid
1: a, a new-, new Hamster a New, a new Hamster, hamster. If you're a New Hampshire, anyway, so if you're a person from NH, um, <laughs> you are bas- basically, which means you are exists for one purpose, which is to drive across the border to Massachusetts. Uh, from no, to have people from Massachusetts drive across the border to you to buy liquor on Sundays. That's the main purpose of New Hampshire. Um, the um, it's main function. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 why New Hampshire. <laughs> New Hampshire has a Massachusetts package store based economy um like so if you're <laughs> if you're in new hampshire god take long enough to get to the point dad you are um you know you you're 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 sitting there like okay well i can vote let's say i'm a, I'm a registered democrat which i am but if i'm a registered democrat i'm like okay i can vote in this primary that the party isn't counting the delegates aren't going to count it's purely just a poll right? It's not a, it, is an, it does nothing. It has no effect whatsoever. Um, so even if Dean Phillips wins 90% of the vote, he doesn't get a single delegate to show for this. And there's, nothing happens. Um, or I can cross party lines and go vote on the Republican side where there's some action going on, where, you know, there's a possibility of, you know, I mean, look, d- compared to the Democrats, I mean, there's a far greater chance that DeSantis or Haley will be the will be president than Dean Phillips. I mean, Dean Phillips will not be president. So Biden will be the nominee, no matter what, unless he's dead. So, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of crossovers. I think a lot of people, a lot of Democrats are going to cross over and vote on the Republican side. And I think they're going to try to, some of them are going to be trying to uh, just cast an anti-Trump vote. Others will be... Trying to make mischief. I don't know what mischief will look like in their minds, but um, I again, I think those are the people, many of whom would have voted for Biden, and they're gonna and they're gonna be gone, and they're gonna go over to the Republican. Yeah,
0: and getting back to my point, you vote, you write in a, a write in a candidate either out of protest, or out of passion. Mm-hmm. Now, think of the <laughs> this would be the opposite of passion when a candidate tells your state, "Go fuck yourself." I don't care. I hate you. I hate you. Oh, by the way, I'm back. Vote for me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You know what this this is like? This is like your wife leaves you. She comes home one night and she says, man, I found a new dude. Man, he's balls deep every night. It's awesome. Feels so great. I hate you. I'm taking the house. I'm taking the cat. I'm taking the boat and the kid. Eat shit and die. Oh, and I've cleared out our bank accounts. Good luck, have a nice life. Then six months later, when she's she comes to regret yeah. her decision, she's like, Hey, asshole, will you come over and cut my lawn? And you're like, mm, I don't know if I really feel like cutting your lawn right now. Yeah. It's like that.
0: It's exactly like that. And so I just I I mentioned this on your show. So if you listen to Ted's show and you know you should, um, I'm repeating myself, but it's going to be an amazing. Wednesday morning, when the headlines are Dean Phillips wins New Hampshire primary, Democratic primary, um, you know on the de- on the Republican side, it's going to be Trump. I mean, I mean all this bullshittery, Ted, it makes but me. But not nuts. by
1: as uh, this will be, I think, the speed bump on his way to the nomination. Mm-hmm. I think this will be his lowest margin of victory. I think he's going to win. I think Nikki Haley will do this. We'll see Pete Haley. Um, I, I, think that means maybe 28% or something like that. Um, DeSantis, maybe 10. Um, and then, you know, Trump takes the rest. I think that's how that goes. Uh, and then, you know, you could also get some strange result because New Hampshireans are a weird lot. They might give Asa Hutchinson 8% or something, well, you don't know, he dropped
0: out. He dropped but they out, don't, so. they might
1: not care. Um, you know, you, you're still on mm-hmm. the ballot, even if you dropped out. I mean, I voted for John Edwards after he dropped out in 08, um, People do that. Uh, I think the, um, but but that'll be it. Um, so let's okay. So first, let's close New Hampshire. Um, what do you think? Do you think it? What message, if any, does it send um, if Dean Phillips either wins or almost wins in New Hampshire?
0: People aren't listening to me, Ted, and that's I, I know how Ted Ted Raw feels because Ted is so often the voice in the wilderness. I'm telling you. This will be catastrophic to the Biden campaign for the simple reason, yes, and here's why. Because Biden is being perceived as old, doddering, and ineffective. And what makes you look more old, doddering, and ineffective than losing to a little-known Minnesota congressman in the first primary in the nation?
1: Well, they're going to spin it. You know what they'll you know how oh, there's they're, sp- they're going to try. They'll say, they Well, can't. look, he, he dropped out, he wasn't even on the ballot. I mean, you what can happened? say that, and people
0: are gonna go around the country who aren't wonks, who aren't dorks like oh, I don't know, you and me, who actually follow this stuff, and then they wake up Wednesday morning and they hear that, they're going, What the
1: fuck? That's just true, happened? Like on just the Twitter, it's just the way most people get their news, a Twitter headline.
0: Yeah, so they're going to look at this and go. Whoa! What the? He lost to who? Yeah. Is that the is that the sausage guy? Um, it's this will be catastrophic. He'll. I mean, Biden will s- still limp towards the the um. You know the, the the nomination. It's his for the asking. It's his for the losing. He could, you know. I mean, potentially. And people now, more and more people are predicting something weird coming out of the conventions.
1: Uh, you did could a cartoon this, based on could that. this. light? could this could this set a fire? Could it create? deep yes. Favor?
0: No, no. I mean, Although, I, uh, to be honest, a few times I've only heard him speak. He's twice, very likable. He's likable. He's amenable. He is saying, I'm not doing this because I hate Joe Biden. I'm doing this because I think we need younger leadership. Yeah, he literally he's votes right. with
1: Joe Biden 100 percent of the time.
0: So is he an attractive candidate? Yeah, he is. Um, what a, By if comparison. he wins? comparison. Well, what isn't? I mean, good God. I mean, you know, anything, anyone with a pulse is going to do better than Joe Biden. I mean, true, truly, true. by comparison. And Biden is not allowing himself to be compared. He's not debating them. He's not being seen on the same stage. But, oh, my God. I mean, I I don't know that this could have, this would be such a long shot. But Dean Phillips, let's say he wins New Hampshire and everyone starts looking at him. more. I don't even know if he's on the ballot in South Carolina.
1: I don't know either. I know. Um, they, I know they took him off the ballot in a few states, like like um, uh, I think he took him off the ballot in Florida because the state DNC DNC decided to allocate all their delegates automatically to uh, Biden. Uh, nice democracy yeah. you got there. So, so what do you think about DeSantis? <laughs> DeSantis has decided to skip all campaigning in um, New in New Hampshire, which I thought I found that to be a surprising decision. Very reminiscent of Giuliani's campaign, Um, and uh, you mean
0: President Giuliani?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was well done. Uh, I think he skipped everything before Florida, if memory serves. Yeah,
0: yeah. He put all his eggs in the Florida basket. And if you remember, Ted was working with me on my comic strip, Prickly City. He was editing at the time, and we, I had the candidate uh, Kevin, the Lost Bunny of the Apocalypse, running in the primary for in the Republican primary in Guam. Yes, and it still has. In fact, I flew the flag. Yeah, the other day of the Johnston Atoll. Toll. Actually, they actually have a flag. Be, and I actually be careful
1: because Iran's about to like bomb that. <laughs> but, so 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 what about um so the, okay so he's going straight to South Carolina. Obviously, that's Nikki Haley's home state. The two of them are fighting for second place. Um, what is his strat? What is DeSantis's thinking behind skipping New Hampshire and trying to? uh i can't figure it out carolina i honestly
0: can't figure it out i thought the the DeSantis campaign has been a disaster from the beginning um his strengths lie his example he should have looked at is richard nixon 1968 and that is yeah i'm not likable you know i'm i don't have charm i'm incredibly competent um and that was what and that's what nixon ran on 68 um he was he his knowledge was extremely deep on most of the issues you go to florida florida is a remarkably well-run well run he was state. also
1: and nixon was also willing to commit treason by making a, a secret deal with north vietnam you're talking about 72 68 you don't know about that oh yeah we should talk about that offline but i'll send you links yeah no, right. he he made a yeah he he committed a sort of iran contra cake kind of thing in 1968 where he sent an emissary to the North and said, like, uh, hey, uh, you know, um, yeah, you you might like me to be the. Uh. And so they asked the North Vietnamese to send signals to the to the elect, to the electorate about who they would be uh, more likely to make peace with. And they basically let it be known that it was Nixon. And then uh, some voters were affected by that. There are a lot of people who think that Richard Nixon was a traitor because of that.
0: Well, okay. Wh- whatever the case may be, I think, um, getting back to DeSantis and I think blowing off New Hampshire is a massive mistake on his part. I think he could have, if he's looking for second place, he came in second in Iowa. Um, yeah.
1: Well, that's, it's very weird. Nikki Haley's acting like she came in second.
0: Yeah. It's very strange and it was close obviously, but so what? Southerners I mean,
1: don't usually do well in New Hampshire though. Right. I mean, so uh, well, I can't th-
0: Clinton won. Um, or, He's not a real
1: Southerner. Arkansas? That's not the Deep South. I know it was a Confederate state, but I mean, I mean, it's the South, but it's not, you know, Mississippi, it ain't. Uh, it's no. not It's well, not. Florida. No, well, Florida, I don't, I never, you know what's weird? I always
0: jars me to think of Florida as a Southern state because I know it is and I know it's seceded. I know, but yes. it just doesn't seem like it just, and I think that's because there's well, so here in many. in Miami,
1: you know, it doesn't seem like it, but yeah.
0: yeah, well, any of it, I mean, but. Anyway, anyway, so I think I think you and I agree. DeSantis skipping New Hampshire is a huge mistake. Do you know your eggs are in South Carolina, which is weird, given that that is obviously Nikki Haley's backyard. I, I, I think I'm
1: going to go out on a limb and say I I think he'll actually do better than she will in, in may, South Carolina. He, he, in yeah, South he, Carolina,
0: and that would be incredibly embarrassing to her, and she the, her campaign ends there. I mean, let's face it. I think her what,
1: campaign it, ends there, no matter what.
0: Well, unless she wins it, which is would be but stunning. She no, she won't. I mean, like, I mean, I've, I've driven across South Carolina recently, and it is Trump country to its marrow. I mean, there is just no, I cannot conceive of a conceivable way that she could win it. Um, I know that she was a popular governor, she was a two term governor of the state,
1: but it's been but a while, too. That's not been a while.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. It has. So, all righty, why don't we tie this up into a neat little bow and, um, We'll be back and for another and final segment of the DMZ America podcast for Thursday, January eighteenth, twenty twenty-four. Uh, I'm Scott Stanis, editorial cartoonist, coming to you from the right,
1: and I'm editorial cartoonist Ted Rawl, coming to you from the left. Right.
0: We are back. Unlike the news industry, see what I did there. Yes. Um, another news organization. Just another report has come out that uh, the LA Times is hemorrhaging
1: money, and the oh, Washington so Post sad.
0: is hemorrhaging. So no,
1: I, I, I Ted. weep for them, for my former comrades who were always there for me in my struggles. <laughs> they were so loyal.
0: They were brothers you. in arms.
1: I love you. See on the unemployment line, fuckers. <laughs>
0: You may want to look up Ted Rawl, comma Los Angeles Times. It's <laughs> a, it's a, it's There is no, no love lost there. Doctor um, Pat Shung Soon Xiang. thank you. Who uh, made his money by denying drugs to cancer patients,
1: breast cancer patients in particular, yeah, who are yeah, a, so, the most reprehensible of all cancer patients? Yes, all of all of they're always the people that. All, at least that's what Doctor Pat seems to think so uncool to have
0: breast cancer. Yeah, he, <laughs> so he drives uncool. around LA. He's the
1: only person in America with a uh, you know, we all have those pink ribbon stickers on the back of our cars, but his has like the red cross the red slash through it. Yeah, the
0: circle and the slash. Um Washington Post is is uh, allegedly it's privately owned so we don't know the exact number, but it's the rumors are that it's upwards of 100 million dollars a year. It's losing. Um the news deserts across the United States are growing bigger literally we're losing two newspapers a month. Um many of them including where I live here at the Burm- in Birmingham, Alabama, the uh, Newhouse newspapers have gotten rid of the print editions for the Huntsville Times, the Birmingham News and the Mobile Press Register. I mean, I know that you and listening now have have had some significant hits against your newspapers and your news gathering organizations. Ted, I mean, is this the I mean, this is this is the end of democracy. I mean, really, I mean, without newspapers, without, uh, without the watchdogs, I mean, you know, and all the, all the bloggers can take and all the twe- tweeters and all the tick can say all they want, but they don't go to, to zoning board meetings. You know, they don't sit through the, the grindingly boring city council meetings no,
1: they don't. Uh, and,
0: re- and report on them. They don't, They don't comb through the city and county budgets. And that was always kind of the yeoman's work of local journalism. And when it dies, democracy dies. I mean, at the very least, if you're a corrupt local politician, these are the salad days. These are the good old days. (laughs) These are like, yay. These are the best. Um, Am I, is this hyperbole? Am I, you know, is this, am I... Overreacting?
1: No, I don't. I don't think you're overreacting. I, th- I think you know you could just keep going. I mean, like for example, it's also like not only lo- local investigative and state investigative reporting. It's hard to imagine how a scandal like Watergate uh, would have ever happened without the long time, uh, the competitive investigative reporting uh, that, of course, we we all know about Woodward and Bernstein at the Washington Post, but also at the New York Times, who they were competing and trying. They were competing against. And uh, they were trying to, uh, you know, get scoops. Uh, it's hard to imagine. Um, not to mention also, let's just say, for example, DC Mary, May, uh, Mayor Marion uh, Barry, or the work that the Chicago Tribune, your paper, did um, uh, on the uh, Governor Blagojevich um, scandals, uh, selling Obama's vacated seat uh, to the uh, uh, for the U.S. Senate. I mean. Not only is there the work of exposing it, but then newspapers had the unique unique ability to really hold, to keep the pressure on through the opinion page, through op-eds, through editorials, through editorial cartoons, and that's gone. I mean, so basically it's like, you know, I think the death of newspapers helps to explain uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, um, oh God, uh, the 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 Republican congressman who's just George Santos. Um, he survived, how he was able to survive as long as he did uh, because, you know, there's, there's no local paper there that was going to hold him to account, even though the local paper exposed him initially and caught him, but nobody cared because there was no big, strong local paper with an opinion presence. I, I think it's like, I mean, yeah, some shit has moved to Facebook groups, and I, I don't want to take anything away from that. It's not like it's all gone away, but there isn't a big swinging dick in most com- like, like like there used to be in most communities like where I grew up in Dayton, the Dayton Daily News was the powerhouse source for opinion and news in the Miami Valley in southwestern Ohio and like so if you if they if they figured out that you were as a politician up to no good. Um, and they and they published it in the paper. Um, if you weren't smart enough to resign right away, they're coming after you and you were gonna have, you know, Mike Peters, the cartoonist and um, every uh, columnist going after you until you fucking did the right thing and quit. And they'd be leaning on the on the local dA to indict you. I mean, it's just, you know now, I think if the same thing happened, you know, most of the people who live in Montgomery County, they do not read the Dayton Daily News. Um, you know, they, some of no. them are reading Patch. Some of them are reading face, a local Facebook group. They're all over the place. And I, it makes all the difference. It's like everything is scattered. And in some ways that's better because it's small d democratic. We, can, we all have access, but there's no center. There's no locus of power um, in that to hold the politicians to account.
0: Well, and let's also follow up on television and radio. Um, when I came into the business, and I'm going to sound like the old man I am, radio stations really had news departments that, in fact- um, Well, they were often
1: owned by the same company that owned the local paper, too. Well,
0: certainly WGN, which means world's greatest newspaper, is a talk radio in, in Chicago, as well as the television station there, which had a national footprint, which it decided to get rid of. God knows why. Wouldn't want But that. anyway, so- so the radio and television, they had newsrooms. I mean, and so the number one, the number one source of news for, for most Americans remains the evening news. Problem with that is if I don't I'm think that's sure. true. I think the number one, I thought is.
1: it was like Twitter feed.
0: No, no, no. It still remains for most Americans. Don't forget. There's still a, a crap ton of old people, Americans. And you know, we sit down for dinner and we turn on the evening news. Um, the local news stations have you. You think your newspaper has been eviscerated? Go to a. I challenge you to go to a television newsroom and and you want to see evisceration and just see miles and acres and acres of desks with nary a person at them. Uh, they have been hollowed out, and that's why local news sucks. Uh, here in, in Birmingham, Alabama, you could have a pretty good local newsroom television newsroom that did really good work they're gone they're absolutely gone and so again you know what what does that leave behind a lot of the you know the trumpites a lot of the uh, you know the mago nation people are celebrating this it's not a good thing it truly is not um, is there bias in the news coverage? There is now. It's worse than ever. Why? Because the people didn't support it, which means it didn't have the money, which means it couldn't have the staff to actually vet, um, uh, you know, news stories, to, to strip out the bias that I think, and oftentimes the reporters may have towards their subject. So now you have, you have, you're, Ted, you're having reporters literally post stories to the newspaper, the news site, directly from their phones. I
1: yeah. mean,
0: so there's no vetting, there's no editing, there's no nothing. So, in in addition, you see typos that are egregious. I mean, here's here's how bad the typos are, Ted.
1: I can see them. <laughs> <laughs> and this and is, I, and I edit you sometimes. Yes, and so, so I Ted know.
0: knows. I am the worst speller. Oh my god, Scott, we've got to talk high about function. this.
1: I've never talked to you about this offline, but man, when you post that, when you post the, this podcast. Holy shit. You got to proofread. Like things. I do. Mm, I mean, do you use a a human to proofread it? Or?
0: <laughs> well, I use myself. I like to think I'm human. <laughs>
1: yeah. You might want to have the wife take a look at that. Is it that it's no, it's execrable, man. It's like D it's like D minus. It's, it's like a disaster. I always okay. have to go in and fix up half of everything.
0: This is this is Ted's mother coming through. Ted's, <laughs> Ted's mother was a was teacher of the year in Ohio. So um, you know, okay, no, I, I, okay, yeah, that's possible. Uh, I try to do my best. I do, but um, okay, yeah, I'm, but I'm a terrible. That's how bad the spelling has gotten in newspapers, though. That I, if I can see it, that means literate people can actually see it. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that's true. It's. it's Are you looking up like... an exam?
0: I see you. I can see you looking at your screen. Are you looking up? <laughs> my
1: mistakes <laughs> yeah however i realize i always fix them so i can't really like prove it okay yeah all right well, i think, I think, I think, you, think so. you i think you can you should give me this one
0: uh, no i'm not i'm not I'm, I'm just like i It looks okay to me and i actually go over it more than once okay wow. no don't wow don't wow me come on
1: wow <laughs> oh my god like, what the fuck? no okay. but um, you know it's like <laughs> all right i'm not gonna get into detail here like anyway thank you
0: thank you for not doing that i appreciate
1: a lot of, it's, it's weird because look a lot of super smart people can't spell for shit and you're one of them my father was one of them too um i, I don't really get it but but also well, I, was, I was i was a geek so no, you
0: are. I mean, and you're a good editor. So thank you. And, and I do thank you for going in and fixing what, what mistakes I make. So oh, thank you. And honestly,
1: um, I, I don't care at all.
0: Um, so all that being said, um, I, I we're, we, we are in terror. I mean, so what's the first, you know, what are among the first thing that the newspapers jettisoned? I mean, they didn't last very long. That's the editorial cartoonists. The one area where people genuinely liked it. Um, I don't know how far into the weeds we want to go, Ted, but if I may just say that, you know, editors, to this day, a multi-billion dollar industry is almost, is dying. It'll be dead. I mean, literally dead within the next few years.
1: Well, it'll be, it'll be a, um, I think what it's going to be is a, is a, uh, an industry that used to have thousands of papers and dozens of major players Um, you know, hundreds of major players at one point. Um, And I think it's going to have, you know, there's going to be 10 major players um, and they're you know, so like the Washington post isn't going anywhere. Um, You know, even though Jeff, I mean, mean, Jeff Bezos can afford to lose a hundred million dollars a year. Yeah.
0: But he doesn't want to. That's how they, that's how billionaires make money is they make money. They don't lose.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, look, Scott, one, this is a question I've really been wanting to ask you because we've, whenever I think this, I read about this topic, I'm always like, Scott, Scott, you've worked at many newspapers. <laughs> yeah. and so you've seen this. And in this article that we that kind of prompted this particular discussion here, um, there was a quote from someone who said, you know, when you look at like cnn.com they they look at like websites by that are just news only and no one there uses the word digital and that tells you everything you need to know yeah. because it's so obvious like digital but there's no non-digital i mean it's you know just every it just is you know yeah. and so um but scott here's the thing so um jeff bezos not an idiot okay revolutionized absolutely revolutionized Con, uh, cons- uh retail consumerism um t- transformed the economy arguably reshaped the you know brick oh, and mortar stores and gutted them yeah. um and 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 like absolutely has changed the way even that we store data the way that we um that we the amazon i mean the cloud they own the cloud amazon is the cloud um you know they're a major streaming service he's not a fucking idiot in any way other than his shape, his his taste in women. So, like the thing is, his his uh, his, his girlfriend, like mm, the, the first wife was the wife was better. Anyway, the point is, Bezos. He takes over the Washington Post. How come he didn't do anything at the Washington Post? I mean, the Washington Post didn't change as a product before Jeff Bezos mm. came along. It was it ha- it was a newspaper, a website and an app. And they still are. And those things aren't really any significantly different than they were before he came along. There's no, there's no revolution. There's no, there's no new, I- there's no new idea. When Dr. Pat soon purchased the LA Times, um, he also was like, you know, um, he's, look, again, I mean, not as smart as Jeff Bezos by any means, but, you know, still uh a brilliant grifter and biotech entrepreneur, business person. And he certainly, if he's not smart enough to make the change, he's smart enough to hire someone who could make the change. There's no change. I mean, the LA Times literally does not do anything differently than it did before. Um, And we've seen the same thing happen when Warren Buffett bought a bunch of newspapers. Um, He was not able to um, to change, I, I think he had like papers like uh, the Buffalo News and such. Um, he didn't change anything. What's Why don't they ever change anything?
0: The only thing I can figure, Ted, and I mean, it's a great question, is that the people at the top of newspapers are so intractable that even the owner of the newspaper cannot make them budge from the old paradigms. They simply are And the editors, believe me when I say this, and you know I'm right. The editors who are there, the editors who stay and who are still there, are dunderheads. They're not forward looking. They're looking to make enough money to get to retirement. And the rest of the industry, be damned. They want to keep the the status quo, quo as quo as possible.
1: Scott, if you if you had ten billion dollars and you were like i I'm, I'm now purchasing you know whatever xyz you you name the paper you you let's say usa today you buy usa today and and they say like yeah the editor is like i don't know if i'm that y- yes sir i'll do what you said and then like you check back a month later nothing's been done you would fire the fucker and then you fi- and then you'd hire someone new yes. and say yeah. i fired the last asshole who who dis- who who disobeyed dis- 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 me so i'm now going to i'm now If you don't want to be fired, you will do what I say. And they will.
0: Let me give you an example. Sam Zell buys the Chicago Tribune Company and buys the LA Times brilliantly for $2 billion with a B. Yeah, But what they did do in in Chicago, what they tried to do, which was the right move, they owned the Chicago Tribune, the number one paper in the state. They owned ChicagoTribune.com, the number one news site in the state. They owned WGN Radio which at the time was a top five radio station. They owned WGN television, which wasn't just a local TV station. It also aired the Cubs and had had a a national footprint. It had over 74 million viewers. Um, What Zeld saw that there was diminishing return from all three of them, and he was right. So what he and his people tried to do was, for instance, they moved the newsroom, the, the radio, WGN radio newsroom, into the middle of the Chicago Tribune newsroom. The presumption is that they would share information and that you would have cross, you know, cross-platform pollination. (laughs) They refused to talk to each other. They literally, literally just said, we are not going to talk to them. They are not going to talk to us. This is our turf and you stay off of it. That's their turf and we'll stay off of that.
1: So why didn't and Sam Zell come in there and it, and bang their heads together?
0: I have no earthly idea because Sam Zell, who Maybe had because he was rep- too
1: busy, he wasn't really like roll up. I his think that's part of it and get in there and find out what's going on.
0: He was buying up too tons busy. of real estate in Brazil. If you remember at the time, he said that's going, to, that's the market that's going to boom. Wah, wah. But that was his passion.
1: So and- while he was hanging out with the macaws and the toucans. Um, yeah, it
0: didn't work out quite so much. I think you're right. I think Bezos, same way. He's busy with his girlfriend, his yachts, and his business. And the Washington Post is something- a side project. Yeah, and look,
1: Dr. Pat doesn't go into
0: the LA Times. His, his his idiot daughter does.
1: Yeah, you know what this reminds me of? You know, like, I like Shark Tank. And when you watch it, they say, like, oh, you know, like, uh, like- Lori will say like, oh, I'll be calling you all the time, or you know, uh, you know, Mark Cuban, I'll be checking in. You'll give my my expertise, and I'm like thinking, this show's been on for 15 seasons, and each per each of these sharks has probably, you know, invested in hundreds of companies, right? It's like, well, I mean, they're only human beings, right? I mean, I, I assume Mark Cuban has a family. I mean, he has a he had, he had until recently the Mavericks to run. That's his. That was his main project. I mean, yeah, I guess the whole project, thing yeah. is that no one person can really do all of these things, and they yeah. end up not paying much attention because ultimately, you know, it's like, look, it's like on a lesser level for you and me, Scott. Um, if I have a client that pays my client that pays me the most, gets my most attention. The client yeah. that pays me the least gets me my least attention, and um, it's like I don't work as hard for the for the latter. I think that's how it is. It's like, you know, Bezos looks at the Washington Post. He's like, ah, I'm losing money there. Uh, I'll work on this other shit. You know, uh, I'll work on the cloud. Yeah. With the well, defense. they
0: come in and they think that they can magically because they're geniuses, because they're billionaires. And if you've ever heard interviews with billionaires, you know this not to be true. That is not but true. They, they are convinced that they are geniuses and they're the ones who are going to come in and fix journalism. Yeah. Dr. Pat was going to fix the Los Angeles Times. I mean, you and I have ideas. But he never had a incentive. big idea.
1: He didn't have a big no, idea. No. They like, have ideas. like you and I have big ideas for yes. like what we would do for newspapers. Yeah,
0: and if we had the LA Times, we would do things like partner with v- Variety or with um,
1: Hollywood Reporter. the
0: Hollywood Reporter. Somehow have some kind of synergy there and have yeah, the, LA the LA Times, Times to, should
1: be the national media organization for enter- for the entertainment business. And yeah, it, it's it should be the Wall from, Journal of entertainment.
0: It has shied away from that role and that, frankly, that charge. And I've been, I was a subscriber back in the seventies. It has always shied away from that. And I, to this day, cannot understand why other than the owners always had this conceit that they were going to make it to the New York Times of the West Coast. And that is, you know, it, what there, there wasn't a reason to have that because on the West Coast, you could get the New York Times. So it'd be like in your apartment, Ted, It says, I'm going to be the Ted Roll of this apartment. Well, there's already a Ted Rawl of that apartment that doesn't need to be. Right. But what's not there is I could cover Clovis, you know, and Clovis, all things Clovis, that Ted isn't doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um I and that comes back to my 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 thesis on the news industry, which is you did de- they destroyed a multi-billion dollar business because they were idiots running it they were bona fide morons not one of them has ever either apologized or owned up to it ted i've never heard an interview anywhere in the country of any of the former publishers or former editors saying you know what i should have done this different i screwed it up i screwed up not one of them they're all like oh the internet came in really because you know god knows nobody made ever made money on the internet ted ever not a red cent oh wait (laughs) <laughs> you can make it work now you know
1: what's. But the it is son? weird to me that like even bezos didn't spend like a weekend on the yacht thinking about the washington post and like yeah what to do and like well how can we change this up you know
0: well they did try if you remember and they always try early on they have their little ideas mm-hmm. and interestingly their little ideas they're not big ideas. They're well, little maybe ideas. Part of the,
1: maybe the, maybe like, like Warren Buffett concluded that ultimately nothing could be done. Anyway, I interrupted. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just saying with Bezos, you know, I mean, his, his idea was to fold it into um, uh, uh, Amazon Prime. You know, anyone who had Amazon Prime would automatically get a digital subscription to the Washington Post. That mm-hmm. lasted six months. And now I don't, I have Amazon Prime. I don't have a subscription to the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know they don't so it's also follow through and these guys are used to you know trying something fail fast is the function of uh, the internet and um you know so that and that's where these guys the LA times is going to be sold or it's going to go you know he's just or he's just you know, it's just going to I think to, it's going to it's pat- gonna
1: close yeah i think it's going to
0: fold i don't think it can fold i still think here's the thing ted Brent still makes money that's the weirdest true. thing of all true um, so they're going to go Sunday only the LA times, uh, you know, the wash Washington post, like you said, you hope it sticks around because it is such a vital, um, it's component. an important,
1: it's an important paper, but they are fucking up so many ways. I mean, like, so? well, first of all, um, you know, we talked about this opinion is like the future, right? I mean, basically people say they want unbiased news, but they don't, what they really want is opinionated news. Right. And. The, the, I think the 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 heart of a of a, a news organization should be a really vibrant town square in the form of a uh, vibrant opinion section, and you know, like the Washington Post doesn't have any like you know, let's say Bernie Sanders supporters or or anyone to the left mm. of like a Hillary Clinton supporter. Uh, They have a bunch of neocons on their op-ed page. It's a good op-ed page, but it's very redundant. It's like one after another who are all the same. Um, You know, it's like, it's weird because the Washington, the the wall street journal, you could say is similar, but the, that there's more variety. It's like kind of like carefully curated all the different strains of conservatism are representative Are we represented there. Um, And that's just not true about the, about the Washington post. It's like, it's like a really deadly, boring opinion section, I think. Um, and I think it's, it's hurting them enormously. Um, they could probably beef up the local and regional coverage because whenever I delve into it, it's really smart. But like the app is like mismanaged. There are articles that have literally been in my feed in the app, like up front on top of the app, the same article for like a month. And I'm like, what's it, why is this here? I mean, it's not like this was a copyrighted story that, uh, you know, that, that like changed the world or something. Um, you know, it's, it's just a story and it's like, it's just poorly run. Um, yeah. And like that's my post point. is a mean, mean, crazy organization that really seems to know what they're doing, for example. yeah, yeah. And the yeah. times has become like this empire right like they have all the newsletters like the wirecutter newsletter that you can pay extra to get more they the times definitely the new york times definitely seems to know what they're doing
0: yeah well they have some good aggressive leadership and they actually pay real salaries don't forget i mean i can remember chicago tribune when i first got there in 09 uh, about i'd say 6 to 10 months into it we had one of our digital guys uh, was being wooed and took a job and he was our lead digital guy. And uh, you know, you're kind of saying, why would you leave you're the top, you know, you're like 30 and you're the top digital guy at the Chicago Tribune. And it's because the p- place that was hiring him literally tripled his salary that's
1: and hard, gave him that's like hard to refuse.
0: And gave him far better benefits. You know, mm. like because I can guarantee you the health insurance I had at the Chicago Tribune sucked. Mm. Uh and just got pro- progressively got worse. Um okay, well now,
1: I guess if uh, now let's kill ourselves. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. So don't kill yourself, everyone. But if you do, no. call a suicide hotline first, just yes, so please. that you can check in before you kill yourself. Anyway. So, um, Scott, where can we, where can uh, people find your stuff outside of the DMZ America podcast?
0: Well, please go to gocomics.com slash Scott Stantis for my editorial cartoons and go to gocomics.com slash prickly city to check out my political comic strip. You can go to the chicagotribune.com slash opinion and see a gallery of the work I do for them. And now you can go to the Dallas Morning News. uh, Their uh, URL is uh, dallasnews.com and check out the work I've started to do for them and Really, what's very, very cool is Ted and I are involved in Center Clip, which are mini podcasts, not like this long, arduous, impossible to listen to podcast you're listening to right now, <laughs> but <laughs> but these are short ones. They're 30 seconds, no longer than five minutes. They're quick takes. And it's, I really love it because when something breaking news happens, I can just you know open it up, say a quick whatever. And, um, and I know that Ted's on it. We have some other friends who are on it. Uh, so Center Clip com. So, Ted, where can we see all things Ted?
1: Uh, you can find all things Ted at rawl.com, also at uh, whowhatwhy.org on Saturdays. And uh, check out the, um, oh, yeah, the Center Clip with Scott. Um, and I'm on CounterPoint newsletter um, from time to time, Once in a Blue Moon. Uh, but there's other good cartoons there. And you can, um, used to be, Scott used to be there. We miss you. Um, oh. And then uh, also, uh, the radio show final countdown is on Radio Sputnik now on X Spaces. So that's very exciting. Um, and uh, I would say that's probably the best place to find it. The stream here it's also on Rumble. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern live. But you can watch them not live, and in, in which case Angie and I will be dead, but you'll be able to watch us.
0: Well, don't be dead yet.
1: No, we like having we don't like dead having you around.
0: <laughs> okay that like that that uh, ties things up in a neat little package for us here at the dmz america podcast until next time uh we'll see you in the funny papers
1: indeed bye everyone Thanks you